Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast, where we teach you to take your solar business to the next level. My name is Taylor Armstrong, and I went from $50 in my bank account and struggling for groceries to closing 150 deals in a year and cracking the code on why sales reps fail. I teach you how to avoid the mistakes I made and bring in the top solar dogs of the industry to let you in on the secrets of generating more leads, following up like a pro, and closing more deals. What is a solarpreneur, you might ask? A solarpreneur is a new breed of solar pro that is willing to do whatever it takes to achieve mastery, and you are about to become one. Okay, what's going on, solarpreneurs? We are here, a special episode. We're actually live at Door to Door Con right now, and I'm stoked because I'm here with my man, Josue Phillips. Josue, what's thanks up? for what's coming up? on the show with us today. Thank you for having me, brother. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm stoked to get into your story. Josue has a super sweet story he's going to share <laughs> with us. And uh, hopefully there's not a ton of background noise. We're actually sitting in the hall here, trying to get away from all those door-to-door maniacs. Those guys are loud and obnoxious. <laughs> Go for one of them. Um, but we're excited to hear about his story and just kind of what he's done. So I guess just a little introduction, Josue. And he has this coming. How long ago did you start your company? It's been three years since I went solo. Okay, three years, and then how many offices and reps would you say? So, yeah, we're in around five different markets, and uh, we have around 60 people, and we're doubling those numbers by May 1st and expanding. Okay, so expanding like crazy father of uh, three with one on the way is that yeah it? finally okay. having the baby girl i have three yeah. boys got yeah got a girl coming and uh just goes <laughs> to show no excuses i just had my second kid and Congrats. I, I use that as an excuse sometimes to not get out there and hustle as much as i should <laughs> but jose jose he's uh, out crushing got you know 60 reps and all that so you got my respect my man thank you that's awesome. And so, yeah, let's get into your story a little bit, Jose. Do you want, Jose, do you want to tell us a little bit like your, um, you know, upbringing, obviously from Costa Rica. I know you had an interesting, like, you know, family wasn't the wealthiest and all yeah. that. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit of your story and all that? 100%. So yeah, I'm Costa Rica, Pura Vida, para todos mis ticos out there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm from Costa Rica, born and raised and poor family. We didn't have much. And uh, man, since I have memory, I've been selling like all my life. I remember like collecting cards and selling them at school. Um, I remember being hungry with other kids when I was in, in primary school and we would go and get some mangoes from trees and eat them with wood as salt at the kitchen because we were all hungry. We didn't have much. Wow. And um, it started to become like a little bit worse. The economy, it was, it was not just me, right? It was pretty much everybody around. It seemed like everybody in my in my neighborhood my environment was was going through the same thing so when i was 12 i was kind of tired of just wanting things and um and not be able to get them right and okay. kids would make fun of me for using the same backpack three years straight mm-hmm. and the same rundown pants in my nice. school uniform so i was like you know what screw this i'm gonna go work yeah. so um, i went to the department of labor in my city and uh, I asked them like, hey, I want to work. And they laughed at me. I was this little 12 year old kid wanting to work. <laughs> and they just laughed at me. And uh, I, they said, all right, let's go home and make your mom make a letter for you 
bring a copy of her ID and we'll we'll put a stamp that you can work. Mm-hmm. And I just paid like one hour on a cafe internet in Latin America, wow. you know, in Costa Rica. I paid one hour and just made, typed the letter for my mom. She signed it and I went and got the permit and I took like 50 different copies and walked probably like four different miles, four miles, just uh, submitting my resume everywhere. People were laughing at me. They were being rude. Uh, I mean, who who would take a 12-year-old kid on a retail store, right? Yeah, that's wild. (laughs) So finally, one store took me in, and uh, customers, when they would come in, they couldn't believe that I was working there, Um, but I was killing it. I was, like, selling them all these stuff for their kids and stuff, and I was showing them, like, clothing and, and tennis shoes. And one day I remember this, my boss came in and he said, like, uh, if you sell uh, these pairs of of Nike shoes, they were super fake, by the way, super fake. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And and he was like, I'm going to give you five extra dollars per pair you sell. And I was making $10 a day. And I said, okay, this is this is where the money is. So I would stay next to the pile of Nikes and I was selling them all day long and making like three three times more than my coworkers. And I loved it. It was like the drug of having the, the money that I needed to to get the few things that I needed and then help my family too. Like help my mom, like getting my sister's uniform and things like that were very fulfilling. So I sacrificed my vacations from that moment on until I was like 18, uh, just working at retail after school and during vacations that's what i did okay that's sweet man so yeah well i guess what i was gonna ask is i mean we're talking before we hit record i was in colombia for a couple years on a church mission yes and there you know it's a lot like poor environment everything so i've never been to costa rica is that pretty it's extremely similar in fact i have a call center in colombia by the way big shout out to my team there um when I went there, I was like, this is the same thing as Costa Rica. Right. We have the same fruits, the same fruit, wow. same beautiful women, everything. It's so similar. <laughs> nice. Okay, so when you say you were like poor growing up, so that was like yeah. next level compared yeah. to what we think of. Because like, I think of Colombian, like what seemed like almost everyone was poor there compared to what we think of. Yeah, Costa Rica has progressed a lot. Yeah. A lot, but back in the days it was pretty similar to probably one of those like Colombian provinces. Wow. Back in the days, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So this was, you know, it was rough. Probably, so for those that are listening, if you're thinking U.S. poor, this is a different level because I mean those countries are already poor compared to what we're thinking. You of. cannot compare it for sure. Yeah. So that's crazy. And so how did it go from there? You sold shoes. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> then when I was 18, I got my black belt in, in, in karate Shotokan and I opened my little dojo. I asked permission, oh. my blessing for my sensei and opened my little dojo. And that was my first experience knocking on doors. I printed like hundreds of these little pamphlets um, and went door to door asking people if they wanted to join my dojo, if they had kids oh. to join my dojo. Were they going door to door? In fact, I'm not even following the show, so I don't yeah, know. I think he does. <laughs> cool, yeah, cool, cool. schools and stuff and put like the flyers on. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally from house to house, just knocking all around the, the little dojo I was renting. And it was super cheap. I told him, hey, can I have the first month for free? You know, just to get some students. And I convinced them, they said yes. So my first class, I had 14 students. Wow. Yeah, and I did that for you know a year and a half before I went on a mission. Okay. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a, member of, I'm a member of the church and I serve a mission in Chile, uh, but I had like a year and a half of, of having my own little dojo. Nice. And it was really 
impactful and I loved it because many of these kids were on a bad environment. You know, they had drugs all around. Yeah. I remember going like to play soccer outside and, and, and look at people doing coke, you know, and smoking marijuana everywhere. Jeez. And some crackheads shooting crack, you know, like right there where we were playing yeah. soccer. Yeah. So, and, and taking them out of, uh, out of that environment and bringing them and teaching them martial arts um, changed their lives because they would get uh, to the province karate team and they were getting like swag and we were traveling to different tournaments. It helped them a lot and it helped me all throughout my life for sure. That's awesome. So that was in Costa Rica still? Oh yeah. Okay. By the way, I've been in the States for four years only. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Just barely. <laughs> Just barely, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And so, yeah, you went on your mission. And so, yeah, tell us about how did you end up coming to the States and yeah. like, transition into solar and all that? I I guess I came following my dream because when I was in college, uh, right after my mission, I started studying industrial engineering and I was paying my school, working full time and taking seven classes. And I was, I had to prioritize, you know, like some doing some homework and uh, some others I couldn't, I just didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. So my physics two professor talked to me and he said, hey, you're gonna lose this class, but I have a solution. If you go to the science fair, you can save it because it's 15 points. And I was like, oh shoot, that's like the same points you would get on an on a, on exam, mm -hmm. on a test. So I, I went home and started researching and I came back and I was like, I had no clue, what can I do? And he said, look into renewable energy. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of new and everybody's talking about it. Yeah. And Costa Rica is really big on that. We produce 98% of our power from renewable sources. No kidding. Yeah, so yeah, many people don't know. No, we have solar, we have wind, and the biggest hydro. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. I think we're the number one. 98% of our power is from renewable sources. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I developed this little metal roof tile attached to a solar panel, and I literally bought a, a copper sheet and literally a very basic circuiting board. Um, I welded a resistor and put a photo sensor so, so when the sun would come down, it would turn... Uh, low consumption five uh, watt um, LED. Oh. Because I watched this documentary of this indigenous communities where kids couldn't finish school because when they would come back home from walking two hours in the mountain, they had no power. So I was like, oh, I want to, I want to do something about this. So that's that was my science fair, and they loved it. Nice. They loved. It. They were like, hey, you know what? We can we can do something with this and and bring it into you know like these indigenous communities. So I loved it. After that, I started um, doing. I did another project the next semester with. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right in English. Uh, perovskite, like creating a, a a solar cell with perovskite. Perovskite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or perovskite. I don't know, man. It's peroxide. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's it's a semiconductor. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a semiconductor. So, since then, I, I started. I was fascinated with the technology, okay. and I we got married and we decided to move to the U.S. Okay. after getting married, and we I met a church. Jess Phillips, by the way, big shout out. Uh, Jess Phillips from Quativa. He was in my same word, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he had a cool test. And I, I, I asked him, like, hey, Jazz, what do you do for a living? Yeah. He said, I have a solar company. And I was like, oh, no way. I was doing solar projects when I was in college. Can you, is there good money in solar? And he said, oh, my friend, you have no clue. You have yeah. no clue. And from that moment on, I started researching, got into solar. Wow. And um, right after, 
I, you know, like one year in, I decided to start my own thing because I thought that I could do a better job. And I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, the company that I started with, they're they're awesome. Uh, a lot of love to to my guys there. Yeah. You know the, the ones that know me. Um, but yeah, it's been a very fulfilling, life changing experience for sure. Yeah. Sounds like it. No mad respect for you <laughs> coming from another country to start your own thing. That's incredible. Love hearing stories like that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that about Costa Rica though. Ninety percent. Ninety-eight percent, brother. I'm, we're here, in, you know. I'm in California, telling all the people that we're trying to hit fifty percent renewable. And right. I never really believed that we can, <laughs> that's yeah. even possible to get that level, but it's wild. I guess it is ninety-eight percent. We 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 did some good stuff there. Recycling is 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 giant. Yeah. I mean, to graduate from to pass the school year, you had to recycle. So one year was 40 pounds of cardboard. You had to bring 40 pounds of cardboard to be able to pass uh, to the next school year. Uh, and then the next year, it was like 100 um, cans. You had yeah. to recycle cans, wash them and, and squeeze them and bring them in so they can recycle them. Wow. Um, so yeah, we, we, we did some good stuff That's down awesome. there for sure. Yeah, saving the planet stuff. And so you, so it sounds like you're pretty much going to school to be an engineer and that was kind of your thing is more the engineering side yeah I one of the keys honestly is continuous education I just finished by the way my global energy leadership uh, program with rice University I'm starting on the 18th uh, 18th January 18th with MIT wow. I'm taking a uh, energy politics and economics Holy <laughs> <wow>. and right <laughs> after I'm done with that one uh, I'm starting with Stanford University they have by the way you can look it up it's awesome um, it's not that expensive it pretty inexpensive I have to say and it's about energy storage okay. so Stanford University has a really cool professional program uh, for energy storage really? yeah wow. yeah wow so not only starts his own organization but you've got to be <laughs> one of the most educated guys in solar most of us are just a bunch of meatheads yeah. I want to get into R&D after for sure yeah research and development yeah I want to do that it's impressive and so what what was the main reason you came to like the US then in the first place better opportunities better okay. opportunities my my ambition was way bigger than i could accomplish in my home country unfortunately yeah. and this is the best country in the world guys you gotta believe it man that's why immigrants all over the world choose this country i love costa rica like crazy i, I want to be there especially when it gets cold here yeah. <laughs> i want to live in costa rica yeah. during winter in the u.s yeah. but um the u.s is the country of the opportunities 100 percent yeah uh, no doubt I'm sure got some uh, wrestlers here running by yeah. apparently they scheduled door-to-door con the same time as a wrestling tournament right We've got people wrestling in the halls. Speaking here. <laughs> extra um, wild. Yeah, extra noise. Um, but no, so pretty incredible. So you came here without like having a job lined up, nothing. You're just like, um, better opportunities on the head out there. Just better opportunities. And I had to do some rough jobs before I started full-time in solar. Um, it was rough, man. I was doing like land mowing and then I was doing uh, demos. I was doing demolitions. <laughs> I was doing demolitions. My coworkers were getting caught and it was really rough. We were working like 15 hours a day uh, just to make ends um, meet, you know, and I had no paperwork. That's what I just have to do because the, the U.S. government told me, hey, you can go to the U.S. We we're going to give you a residency. And once I got here, they said, by the way, the time frame is 12 months, 12 to 14 months. Wow. So I was there stuck in the limbo, being in the U.S. legally, but not legally to work. Yeah. So I had to, I had all of those months and, and, and I had to get creative, right? So I, I had to get those jobs just to survive and, and make it happen. Yeah, that's crazy. Is that where you 
pretty nervous like coming out because I'd be I don't know Could, well did you yeah. even know English at that point I, I I spoke some English but not not quite well in fact I have a huge thick accent right now and you sound good better than my Spanish <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that I took my disadvantages and, and, and turned them into my advantages yeah you know I I was mortified that oh my gosh I got to get rid of my accent uh, and then I started to to notice that people would get closer to me and pay attention and look at me in the eyes when I was speaking yeah. so they could understand. So I was like, wow, you know what? That's that's an advantage, in fact. That's not a disadvantage. People have to get closer to me to to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's true. It's all in your mind at the end of the day. I know. I know. I was, I'm, I'm the same way. People think I'm from Canada and stuff like that. I don't know what <laughs> happened to me. I grew up in Utah, but people say I like, they're like, are you from Canada? Are you from Wisconsin? I'm like, no, I'm from Utah. Utah. <laughs> Utah. So probably not to that level, but no, I think there's a point to that for all those that are listening. A lot of us, I don't know, for me, I came out thinking certain things were a disadvantage. Oh, I grew up in a small town. Oh, this, that. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners too that maybe they have an accent. Maybe yeah. they're, you know, different ethnicity, this, that. There's tons of excuses. But um, I think like Coe's always saying, you look at the way that can be an advantage. And I don't know, was there anything else mental you would say that helped you just like, because you could come up with all the excuses in the world from a different country, don't speak English great. It was um, rough. I was knocking have, on doors in California. Yeah. yeah, no money at all. Knocking on doors in California with this thick accent. It was rough, but you know what? It, it's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. At the end of the day, you can have the best pitch in the world. It's just a numbers game. So I just simplified my, my pitch and I was just telling people, hey, do you know how much money you can save with solar? Let me show you a quote. And they were like, um, I'm not sure. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be free. I'm not going to charge you for this one. Yeah. Maybe the second one. <laughs> but the first one is free, all right? So I would just throw a little joke there, and, and they would accept an appointment, and I would go and sell them. So, yeah, you just got to be sometimes uh, pretty straightforward and, and bold. Yeah. No matter if you have a, a thick accent, yeah. you can make it happen in solar. Yeah, 100%. Inspiring. So, Jose, um, you started, uh, so let me get this straight. You sold a year of, like, solar for a company mm -hmm. and then after that you started your own company Sorry. yes my own sales work and um, I decided to move the headquarters to Dallas okay which was an amazing decision one of the best decisions I love the Texas market yeah. let me let me tell you this about Texas after knocking in California the first door ever that I knocked in Texas they were like hey come in and I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And they were eating. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back in like 30 minutes so you can finish eating. Yeah. They were like, no, 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 sit down. And do you want to eat? And I was like, um, <sighs> so awkward. I was like, oh my gosh. I don't, they don't even know what's my name, you know? Yeah. They haven't even asked. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And then I was just like, started, I've, for some reason, I always say, I'm from Costa Rica. And people, oh, for real, Costa Rica. And then we start talking. <laughs> it seems that everybody loves Costa Rica. So, yeah. uh, uh, we started talking and they gave me, you know, like some food and it was some good 10 minutes at the table when they said, so are you selling alarms? And I was like, oh no, I'm selling solar. 
yeah. <laughs> am I the first solar guy here? And they were like, yeah, 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 we have been talking about solar. You know, I was like, awesome, let me, let me show you a quote. <laughs> and I was like, this is heaven, this is absolute heaven. And in the other, in the other hand, I've seen people that come to Texas, they, they hate it. You know, they, oh, we don't want to sell in Texas. Everybody's Republican. And you know, at yeah. the end of the day, you impose your own limitations in your mind. Yeah. That's all there is. Yeah. Because if you have this positive attitude and you're calm and you transmit that to your customers, they're going to believe in you. And yeah. no matter if you're from another country with an accent, you can make it happen. And, and that's if, if I made it happen, everybody can. Okay. Right. That's my message for everybody out there. Yeah. Uh, you got to dream big. You got to fabricate that reality in your head and then bring it into existence. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, it goes to that point. It's like law of, law of attraction, right? Whatever you think is going to happen. I see it all the time, too, in California. Our reps are like, oh, it's too saturated. There's way too many reps out here. Yeah. And yeah, when you say stuff like that, I want to move out to Texas and just go sell in Texas because I don't really get it's invited amazing. to eat food. Like that, maybe I should just say I'm from Costa Rica and more people let me in. But no, yeah. it's true though, you know, just whatever you think in your head. I know Grant Cardone talks about That's all your reality. Too. Whatever your objections are, it's going to come up in your clothes. Whatever your your objections are to the area or to knocking, those things are going to come up. Yeah, uh, yeah I think it's, that's 100% true. And especially new reps need to remember that as you're starting your job. Remember that, you know, write down what objections you have and see if those are coming up and what you're doing. But yeah, and so um, in Texas, so <laughs> totally let, agree let me you. ask you this, Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's some reps out there who maybe are thinking of starting their own company. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not for everybody. Definitely um, not. It's very challenging. Um you got to sacrifice a lot of your time because when you start your own company, you got to be selling and also training people and managing the business. Wait for some good 18-hour, 16-hour days. Yeah, I For bet. sure. So, yeah, I mean, what I guess what led you to start your own company versus just continuing to sell? And what could you tell people that maybe are thinking of starting their own or any tips you would have on that? you got to have a passion to build something and to work for something that is yours, okay. number one. And, and where I was, I didn't necessarily felt that sense of belonging. You know, I wanted to build something for people that they would feel like home. And of course, like yeah. saying it is way easier than doing it yeah. because now that I have my business, that's so extremely challenging. Um, what it's key is, first off, you have to differentiate yourself by doing something. For example, we do efficiency products. Okay. So we don't downsize systems. We just do it as an add-on to bring more value. Okay. So when we step in the house, we review the, the breaker box and I train my guys what to look into the, you know, if it's a compatible breaker box so they can include already the MPU and tell the customers at the time of closing, by the way, this is also including a brand new breaker box for you. Yeah, that's good. And they were like, oh, for real? Yeah, 100% included. And we're just going to cover all the upfront cost and everything. It's it's all in the project. Yeah. And then we review insulation. We check the insulation on the home. Um, we check the thermostat, LED lights. We check a bunch of other things that I train my guys to to look into. It's just for, as I said, we don't downgra- uh, downgrade um, si- uh, system sizes. Undersize the Yeah, undersize yeah. the system, sorry. Yeah. Um, we just provide it as an extra value for our customers and when the competition comes uh, we rarely lose customers like that yeah no, I think that's awesome you're creating an offer including more than just the solar because yeah you know how it is especially in California people sometimes train just mm-hmm. fight over and over on price but yep. you're including all these other projects I mean they're gonna have to include a lot of stuff to compete with you guys <laughs> and it's super yeah. powerful especially in saturated markets mm-hmm. 
It's awesome. And so uh, you started the company, and what what was I guess the toughest like challenge you had to go through? I know you you've had your company what three years now? You said yeah, and it was it was really the attachment to people. Okay. And that's that's something that hurt me, and and still in a certain extent hurts, because you get attached to people and they leave. You really wanted for them to work the same way it did for me and provide all the the possibilities and the wealth that it has created in my life. Mm -hmm. But some people just don't want the same things you do and they're not willing to pay the price for it. Yeah. Some people think they want to be millionaires and they don't know what it takes to become a millionaire. And they're not willing to pay the price for it. So to me, it was the attachment to people, just to get completely detached and and, and just realize that, yes, we have to have a strong culture. We have to uh, train properly, have a really robust, streamlined process to train these guys. But uh, we got to be prepared for them to leave also. And you got to be emotionally detached from those things. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, one of the Mo followed that just spoke today, actually. Yeah. If you saw him. But Fire. It was great. Yeah, he was just talking about, like, if you're so attached to someone leaving your company, then that probably means you don't have enough new recruits coming in the door. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you know, for every person that leaves, you should have two or three people. That yeah, more like three. In there. More yeah. like three coming in. Place, huh? yeah. <laughs> no abundance mindset. Yeah. So that's awesome. And then another thing we're talking to before we hit record is you also have a call center with your company. Yeah. Very successful. Yeah, not a lot of people are running successful call centers. Um, I've never really messed around with the call center, so I wanted to pick your brain about that. How do you guys, well, first of all, how did you set it up? Why did you decide to set up a call center instead of just doing door-to-door? And how's that been for you? So, you know, the, the capitalist mentality. <laughs> I want to outsource some things. Yeah. So uh, overseas, right? Mine is in Colombia, in Bogota. Um, and uh, I just literally reached out to a bunch of people started my own project it failed i literally had three failed call centers okay. and this one i have had people that have been with me for a year and a half wow Congrats. and that that's amazing you know for a call center yeah. with the attrition they have if we think we have attrition um door to doors like you gotta see the call centers it it's 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 really bad really? i don't know if it's worse but it's really bad wow. so first off is that you have to have a structure many times you want to start a call center without just go ahead and read the, the, the script. That's it. That's all you got to do. I've heard people saying that. Yeah. Just show them the script and give them the database. Yeah. And that's not how it works. You got to take your time to train your guys. I think one of our biggest mistakes in our industry overall, even in door-to-door, is not training properly. Right. Right. So good quality training. You don't have to get ridiculous or, or too technical. It's just good straightforward honest training yeah um something i train my guys on even is like the contract the financing contract all right to do so they can know what's in there right yeah. if a customer asks they know what to say okay and we 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 say hey by the way let's make let me let's make a stop here uh, during our closing process you have by the way uh these are your rides we're gonna go through with you however at the end of the day, you have rights as a consumer, mm-hmm. and we point at the contract like you have the right to cancel in three days. Okay. All right? It's called Lemon Law. You can withdraw in three days. If anything happens, let me know. Let's say tonight you will be thinking about it. If you want to cancel tonight, what would be the reason for that? Mm-hmm. In our cancellation ratio right now is eight percent. 
it's really, really low. I think, right, it is kind of low yeah, that's for solar. Low. Uh, and we point at that and we say, hey, you have three days to cancel. After that, we have to reinforce some stuff because we're going to spend money, right? We're going to submit permits, yeah. electric stamps and everything. We're going we're gonna to spend money on this. Yeah. So, but you have three, this is your right as a consumer. Many companies will avoid telling you this. We want to point at it and, and, and tell you. Okay. If you would cancel, what would be that reason? So, you know, we, we provide this type of training like um, in, in different tactics people are not doing really out there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's valuable because we have seen the results, right? Yeah. And really low cancellation ratio. Yeah. Um, and with the call center, it was the same thing. You, you, you got to develop systems and manage those systems, okay. um, not manage the people because you don't have enough time to manage all that people. You got to create the system first. And that's when I became successful with my call center mm-hmm. because I developed this whole system, dialer, database, uh, who's going to pull the database for me? I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, who's going to scrub it? Um, who's going to provide it? And we cannot give them like a huge database because they're going to be super disorganized. So we got to be giving them X amount of um, leads per rep per week and then make them accountable. What happened with those leads we provided to you? Yeah. And um, different sources, for example, not, not just calling text messages, emails, um, squeezing those leads as much as we can. And we have noticed sometimes after calling a customer one month and sending them text messages and emails, they, of course, not every day, right? We, 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 we make it spaced out. Uh, we see them replying back. You know what? I looked, I looked you guys up on Facebook and I think I want to do this. Things like that. You got to squeeze those leads. I mean, they cost a lot of money. You got you to gotta make them work. So how did you like come up with all these systems? Did you like, I don't know, did you learn from someone or just trial and error? Because for me, if I was to go start a call center out of, you know, no, no idea. Yeah. I, I, you to learn all this? I had probably like 60 different demos with software companies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm going to tell you my secrets. I don't care. I mean, we can all benefit from this. You can have the most sophisticated software at the end of the day. I just use high level. Okay. Yeah. And I use some real estate listing services okay. to append the information. So I have one software that provides um, amazing filters. So I can fil- filter by um, ethnicity. Okay. Because we target with the call center, we target Hispanics. Because they only speak Spanish. Right. In Colombia, it's kind of impossible to find somebody <laughs> like with perfect English, right? So, yeah, we, we target the Hispanic community with the call center okay. and we scrub them, right? We append, which is the, the action of buying the phone number and email on that household. Okay. And then they call uh, using high level because I love it because you can turn them into a lead and then opportunity. And you we have the pipeline right there. And as we progress, right, uh, throughout the installation process after closing that deal, uh, our go high level is, is scheduled to send them automatic responses. Okay. So after it was installed, we 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 sent an automatic email saying, "These are your options. These are the companies that will buy back your kilowatt hours." Mm-hmm. Because in Texas, it's deregulated. It's different. Okay. So we. We can keep good communication. We also send them like, please, um, if we did a good job, give us a review okay. and all of those automated processes. So it's pretty it's pretty easy. Right now, I even use the Go High Level Dialer. Okay. You don't have to go with fancy tools, super expensive. We use the dialer that is integrated into high, Go High Level. Okay. For it. So big shout out, guys. Yeah. Um, I love High Level. I love Go High Level. Yeah. It's so awesome. It's super handy. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the best one yeah. from what I've heard people yeah. are using right now. Um, no, that's good. And like, um, so you're basically just getting these lists. The Colombians are calling them. Mm-hmm. 
And then are they setting up appointments with them? And then you're sending out some of like in person, or are they trying to do like virtual cells and so we, get them we, closed up? As soon as we book the appointment, we send them like, thank you so much for um, booking an appointment with us. Here is the link of our company. And we send them the website and here's your confirmation code. And we just put in like a, a Sunstar um, something, like a confirmation code. Yeah. So when the when the rep comes, like, hey, how are you doing? This is from Sunstar. We have a, an appointment. Uh, your confirmation code is this. And oh yeah, they feel safe somehow. You're just because we, we provide, yeah, it's more official. For for sure and the day of the appointment the call center calls they call them okay. and the customers to confirm they're gonna be there because in Texas everything is far away pretty much okay. we got to drive like 45 minutes to an hour to many appointments yeah. you want to get them confirmed. so we, we we get those appointments confirmed uh, the same day even we, we always try like two three hours before to get the the, the customer a call and we send them a text okay. so rule of thumb is if, if it's 40 minutes 45 minutes or less we just show up okay right if it's more than 45 minutes, the call center confirms the appointment. Okay. That's our, our rule, our standard. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, and I think probably the biggest question I asked you a little bit before we started talking is how do you combine all this with door-to-door? Obviously, a lot of people listening to the podcast are doing just door-to-door. Um, some want to start their call centers, things like that. So what would you suggest maybe for companies that want to add on a call center or I don't know, maybe reps that want to start fooling around with this. How do you suggest that you still keep door-to-door going strong, but also add this in and not have it be a distraction? Because you know how it is. Sometimes reps can just, you know, be like, oh, I'm just going to wait for these call center leads to come in or these online leads when they could be out knocking too. So how do you make it like supplemental and not as in, much a distraction? That has happened. In fact, that has happened a lot. Uh, for example, one rep, I closed a deal personally because all of my closers were on appointments. So I was like, heck, I'm not gonna lose these appointments just because one of my closers can't go. I'm gonna go myself. Yeah. So I went and closed it and this rep called me super pissed. Like, why are you closing deals, bro? You gotta send those appointments to us. And I was like, oh my gosh, I created these monsters. I created these monsters. <laughs> They're really <laughs> telling me that I should send them. So I pulled wow. a report and I was like, bro, I have sent you 45 appointments this month and you have closed four. Wow. I took three and I closed two. Yeah. I, I took three appointments and I closed two. Yeah. And and I, I told him like, you know what? I didn't realize your closing ratio was so low. <laughs> so now you gotta go and get your own appointments. <laughs> and like and and, and and you know, after all of my experience and, and failures also, because you learn a lot from your failures, yeah. um, I don't send a closer more than two appointments a day. I try not to. I really try not to send more than two appointments a day. Um, Why? Because a good consultation should take two hours at least, right? And then let's say 45 to an hour driving to the next appointment, what they can manage properly is two a day. Right. So, and you also got to leave, you know, like at least one hour for them to knock. Yeah. Because I make them also, like I I encourage them, hey brother, you got to go and knock. And I encourage them to get to the area one hour before the appointment so they can go and meet the neighbors and try to get other appointments. That's good idea. Um, And you got to, ultimately you got to delegate. So I got a, a general manager for the call center and I also have people running the the door-to-door side of the business yeah so you gotta delegate Um, you gotta trust people people are gonna betray you people are gonna leave yeah you just gotta be emotionally prepared for it that's it you gotta be detached and have the systems ready so if somebody leaves you got the system going so you can just plug in another manager and nothing has happened right yeah 
Um, so that's what you got to do. You cannot never build, you know, like a side of your business around a person. Right. Because if that person leaves, you lose part of your business. That's true. So you just got to build the systems for it. 100%. And yeah, what it's, do you make it kind of like reward based? Like they have to close a certain num number. Yeah. Self-gens so, are beginning their own needs or... I have a different model in terms of the call center guys. I pay them a base salary plus every time we close a deal, they get a commission. Okay. And and that's cool. You know, in Colombia, they, they have a great living, by the way. Yeah. Um, I remember me telling my mom because my mom told me when, when I got here to the States, she was like, just get a job. Like, they pay good enough where you can come back and, and, and be at 5 p.m. with your family. Yeah. And now I told my mom, I'm like, mom, look at all the families that are, like, providing for their families from my ambition, Ooh, you know, yeah. from my dream. Awesome. Just want to do things different. Yeah. And um, so my, my closer they got a red line model right okay. and the setters they get paid well everything is by volume in fact i came up with this model is really different i have not seen it anywhere else that from one to four appointments they get paid x amount of money mm -hmm. from five to nine x plus y and then 10 plus x y z right in every single month it resets mm. it resets and by quarter if they hit the quarterly goal they start at a lower red line mm. okay so it's kind of different Sounds i have nice. never yeah. seen it before i really just came out with it yeah. um because it keeps people engaged uh it, it's resetting and but it's also rewarding them if they hit the quarterly goal yeah so it's, it's very different i like it it works for us yeah sounds like it's working <laughs> yeah yeah and then i mean so you have a manager that's just for the call center that's in columbia mm -hmm. managing mm -hmm. all these people yep. okay and then yeah I, I guess the next question is with all these different markets because you're in what four around five yeah. five okay so because i've seen matter of fact i've been with a company who tried to expand quickly before they had good like processes set up to other mm -hmm. markets so all of a sudden we we're in eight markets one year but then we lost like yeah. six of them for the next year so it's it's so it's so crazy because you gotta time it right you yeah. gotta time it right and yes there is many great markets but you gotta choose your market and learn that market really well before you even go and sell there okay. um and what we do is that we have a two to one ratio two setters no matter if it's virtual, you know, the call center, or if they're like door setters, it's two one ratio. That's what we do. Okay. And it keeps everybody very accountable for things. Keeps everybody accountable. Yeah. Because they had weekly meetings where uh, they meet with the setters. And, okay, brother, I'm not getting enough appointments. We got to ramp that up. Yeah. And the setters also tell them, what happened with my appointments? I send them to you. Mm. So what's what's going on with that, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's not, not, not a, like a, a confrontation, but keeps them accountable and it works. As I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an industrial engineer. I'm, I have a black belt, uh, not only in karate, but also in Six Sigma, <laughs> in, uh, in Six Sigma, uh, nice. which is, you know, um, quality control and lean manufacturing, improving, wow. simplifying everything. Yeah. So I have that mentality. How can I simplify processes and develop systems that will manage the people? And yeah. I'm constantly thinking about that. I try to integrate uh, my knowledge in industrial engineering into sales yeah it makes it kind of different 
Yeah, no, you got an awesome <laughs> background. How many people that have you know, have engineer knowledge and stuff I love like that? It. Love physics. Yeah, I bet you're really good at selling engineers. Those are like my worst customers. I, I love it. I explain them like in depth because that's what they like. I know. I know. And you take a page out of that playbook. I <laughs> know. Uh, super good stuff. And um, I know we got to get back to a few of the speakers here at Door to Door Con. So just yes. to, before we kind of wrap up here, Jose, um, before I forget, where can people connect with you more on social media and maybe? you know, ask you more questions if they want to get in touch. 100%. They can reach out on Instagram is the best place. You can find me at Solar Energy CEO, Josue, J-O-S-U-E, Phillips. And um, yeah, you can reach out to me. Just DM me. I'll reply. Awesome. Um, you can laugh at my content. I make some stupid, <laughs> funny meme comments in, in, in videos. Um, and I'm just genuine. You know, I, I don't I don't pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Uh, I just like to have fun too, you know. I yeah, love it. <laughs> keeping it real <laughs> yeah more of that stuff and that was, so yeah definitely reach out to Jose let him know you appreciated him coming on the show today and with usual we'll post all those links and his Instagram in the show notes go shoot him a follow give him a comment and a like and then uh, last question here Jose I know we were talking before we started the podcast just about how one of the biggest problems I think we probably both see especially in solar there's so much mediocrity so many people that are not reaching their potential because let's be honest i mean one or two deals a month in solar you're still making decent income six figures yeah especially in texas two deals a month is six, six figures, figures anyways yeah. crazy yeah the same in california yeah and so how can solar guys um i know it's a problem you're really trying to like solve in everything you do so what would you suggest how can guys like forget about that and focus more on the cells instead of just be, being complacent with you know hitting one or two deals a month i think you have to something i learned from my mission and i always go back to that the basics you gotta be accountable with yourself with your goals with your dreams at the end of the day you gotta be accountable with your dreams sometimes we get detached from from the reality because we make so much money in solar it's easy to get detached from that reality right and and we just gotta take advantage of every single day we have uh, and make the most out of it something i preach a lot to my reps is that you gotta be continuously dissatisfied with your circumstances that that's what made me leave my country paradise freaking costa rica yeah. to come to the states yeah. following my dreams just because of that ambition just because you have to be continuously dissatisfied with your circumstances and and, and dream bigger that's awesome if your dreams are not scaring you you gotta find better dreams i guess yeah i love that <laughs> that's awesome coming from you because i mean those way of all people you could i mean you know you could close one day a month and that would probably be living like a king in costa yeah. rica right oh my gosh <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like coming from you know of all people that yeah. to never be satisfied and you went and jumped in head first to something mm-hmm. that I can't even imagine yeah. going to a country. Well. In financial education, Taylor, if we end, okay. it's so key because we make so much money. Remember this. You don't know how longer it's going to last. True. We always got to be optimistic, but we got to play our cards right Yeah. and be able to secure our money working for us. At the end of the day, that's what you got to do. Just Solar is the vehicle for your financial freedom. Yeah. And play your cards right. Educate yourself because it's not how much money you make, it's how you spend that money 100%. at the end of the day. Yeah. 
so true. And on that note, shout out to our sponsors, Pi Syndicate, who can help you more with with you know the financial piece of it if you do need help with that but love what you said Jose and follow your dreams go chase after um, you know what you deserve don't be complacent and uh, yeah I think that's a good way to end it anything you want to share before we we, uh, wrap up here Jose yeah I want to say that you have to follow your dreams you gotta be sure that that's what you want because if if that's not what you want you're gonna drop it really quick but you gotta wish it with all your heart and then go work for it sometimes we just talk too much and do little so action is better than a bunch of planning and that also applies in engineering is like how can i just plan simple quick smart and then engage into actions and into things that are, are going to bring me closer to actually making that yeah. happen right so don't 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 spend too much time on planning you got to be five percent and then executing 95 percent. yeah and a lot of people they can you know say what they want to do but they're not prepared to execute on mm-hmm. and do what it needs to yeah. actually happen so yeah great point well, Josue, thanks again for coming on the show. Again, go shoot Josue a comment, a like. Let him know he appreciated him coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on someday for a follow-up. And uh, keep crushing out there. Thanks again for coming on the show, Jose. Let's do it, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. What's up, solarpreneurs? Hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you run out and start selling more solar yourself, wanted to let you know about an exciting new cheat sheet we created specifically for you in mind. One of the top questions I get asked on Instagram, on Facebook, by our listeners is, Taylor, where should I start? What episodes should I listen to in the podcast? You got too many podcasts, man, because now we have over 200 episodes. So what we've done, we created the top 10 most downloaded, most listened to, and I would say widely accepted most useful podcasts that we've done here on Solarpreneur. We put them together all in one sheet. So you can go, you can hit the ground running, especially if you're new, you do not want to not have this sheet. So go download it right now. It's going to be at top10.solarpreneurs.com. Again, that's top10, the number 10.solarpreneurs.com. Don't forget the S on solarpreneurs. We will have that in the show notes. Go download it right now. And especially if you have not listened to him, go listen to him and you can re-listen to him. That's going to show you how. So go download it and we'll see you on the other side.